0: Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of Makers Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. I'm praying. Because we're going to get into the word today and I'm excited uh, to finish our series under construction. And we've got our construction crew, they helped us out. But uh, I've got a word from the Lord today I know that's going to challenge us and change us. But I want us to ask the Lord to meet us here this morning. Because how many of you guys know even though it might be Christmas season, God's still working on us. He's still developing us to be everything that He's designed us to be. So I want us to pray and ask the Lord to just bless this time together. uh, Because I know that He wants to continue to shape us and mold us into the men and women of God He wants us to be. So let's pray. Father, we love You so much. God, we thank You, Lord, today. God, for your, Your goodness. God, Your love. God, we thank you for all that you're doing in and through Makers Church. God, it's beautiful to see, God, how we are not just a church that gathers, we're a church that goes. God, and we get into our community and our city and we love like you love, God. We're raising, God, disciples, God, and sons and daughters. And Lord, I just thank you, God, for what you're doing here, God, and what you're doing through this place. And God, I pray that today as we have gathered, God, may we gather, Lord, with, God, ears to hear what you're saying. God, hearts that are open to receive. God, your word that is alive and active and Lord today I pray God that your word does exactly what the book of Hebrews says that it divides God it divides between feelings and faith it divides between soul and spirit God allowing us to understand God how you continue to draw us in God and make us and mold us God into the voices God and the instruments God and the vessels that you desire us to be God everywhere that we go for you so Lord we thank you God in advance God for leaving differently than how we've arrived and we give you praise because you're good in Jesus name come on if you're ready somebody shout amen amen come on be seated today Uh, this is our last week of having a construction zone so i got to get my vest on uh to make sure i'm ready i got to be in protocol how many of you guys know that you got to have some protocol every now and then oh my goodness 845 here we go come on look to your neighbor and say it's a good day to love jesus come on tell them it's a good day to love jesus let me see if i can get my arm through here yes i can hallelujah Amen. Well, Church, we've been in a series that we have loved so much and uh, we're thankful for all that the Lord is doing. And we've been in this series entitled Under Construction. And if you remember, as we got into this series, I talked about how that I I talked about how that uh, uh, we've seen so much construction on the east side of Cincinnati the last several months. And how it seems like everywhere we go we're seeing orange barrels and we're seeing caution tape and construction workers. And I told you how I started to get irritated in particular when it came to the church. And the next thing I know the Lord stopped me and said, Derek, what's happening outside the church is what needs to happen inside the church. What's happening outside the church needs to happen inside the church. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'm listening. He said, I desire to take my people under construction. Somebody say under construction. Under construction. And so we find ourselves getting ready to step into 2023 because here's what I know, church. God is not done with us. He's just getting started. He's not done, he's just getting started. And what we need to remember about God inviting us to go under construction is that God is doing that because he is preparing us for what's next. He's preparing us for what he wants to continue. How many of you guys know God wants to do greater in your life? greater through your life. Come on somebody, help me out this morning. Talk back to me a little bit. God wants to do greater things in and through your life. In order to do that though, there are times where God desires to take us to a place and continue to shape us and form us and mold us, not for what has been, but for what's coming. Not for what has been, but for what's coming. And if you remember, we talked about the definition of going under construction, and it means this. It means something that is unfinished, something that is actively being worked on. Something that is actively being worked on. How many of you guys know God's still working on us? Come on, he's done a good work. We're not who we used to be, but he's not done yet. He's not done yet. He's still actively working on you and me. Come on, look at these scriptures. We can see it, Philippians chapter one, verse verse six, it says, I am convinced and confident of this thing, that he who has begun a good work in me will continue. Somebody say continue. He has started a work but he will continue to perfect and complete it unto the day of Christ Jesus. How about 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the second half of that? And it says, and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. How many of you guys know we should desire to look more and more like Jesus every day that we live? We wanna look and live more and more like Jesus. But then finally, Philippians 2, 13. It says, "For God." Is is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. God is working in us, and He's still working on us, so we can be the fullness of what He desires us to be in the earth for His kingdom. If you believe that, somebody say Amen. And so we see that God has invited us to go under construction, but what's interesting about God is he doesn't use that term under construction, but he does share with us another promise, and that promise is called pruning. That promise is called pruning. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to go with me to John chapter 15 this morning. I want you to see how God puts us under construction in this promise that we see Jesus tell us in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, we're gonna read verses one through five, and here's what Jesus said. He said, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. I want you to remember this the next one because we're gonna talk about this at the end today. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit, fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you what? Remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much. Somebody shout much. Will produce much fruit. And then notice what he says. He says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. What a beautiful text that Jesus shares with us even today and we see this promise in John 15 that we have not yet to see before but Jesus reveals it this promise of Pruning. This promise of pruning. And let me tell you something. We just saw in the text that God is our Father, but He's also our gardener. And it says right here that because He's so good, when God, our gardener, He prunes us, that's when you and I go under construction. Do you remember the definition of under construction? Let's remind ourselves. It means that something that is unfinished and is actively being worked on. In other words, when something goes under construction, it's being made better. When something goes under construction, it's being made better. Church, can I tell you, when something is being pruned, when something is being trimmed and shaped and cut, guess what? It's being made better. It's being made Better. And so I want us to see something as we understand this promise of pruning. When we go under construction, we're receiving one of God's promises that bless us and benefit us, benefit us and it's called pruning. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm thankful to be pruned. Come on, tell them. Say, I'm thankful to be pruned. I'm thankful to be pruned. Because I wanna tell you something about pruning. Pruning is not something you get to do yourself. We're gonna talk about it later. We're gonna have some fun with my, my helper. Last week, we had Timmy. He helped us. This is his cousin, Tommy. And we're gonna have some fun with him today. He's gonna help us see this come to life. But can I tell you something? These things right here, they don't belong in your hands. They belong in God's. Because I'm gonna let you in on a secret. If you ever try to prune yourself, it's like letting your friend who doesn't know what they're doing give you a haircut. Some of you guys know because you let your mama give you a haircut when you were a kid and didn't end up well, did it? It's a mistake. How many of you guys know if you let somebody untrained cut your hair, it's a mistake? It does not work out in your favor. But I wanna tell you, this is why God says, he says, let me be the gardener, let Jesus be the vine, and you just be the branch that bears fruit. Look to your neighbor and say, hey, branch, that's all you are, you are a branch, we are all branches, and the shears belong to our God who is our gardener. But I want us to see this this morning, as we continue to talk about this, let's be reminded just for a minute, Jesus said in John 15, he said, been pruned once before. How many of you guys, you know, you've at least been pruned one time in your whole walk with the Lord? You know when it was? When you got saved. When you got saved, you got pruned. Why? Because he cut off sin and he cut off death and darkness and he brought you into his kingdom, calls you son and daughter, let you live in the light of who he is. Anybody thankful you've been pruned once before? Come on. If you're thankful for Jesus, somebody give him praise in this house. I'm thankful that I've been pruned at least once. But I've told you before, church, guess what? It's not one prune and done. It's not just one pruning, and that's the only pruning you will ever endure as a disciple of Jesus. But the truth is, that's the beginning. Why? Because when you start getting pruned, all of a sudden you get connected to the vine who is Jesus, and we have times and seasons, times and seasons where God says, hey, I need to prune you. He says, hey, I need to prune this, I need to prune this, I need to prune that. And why is he doing that? He prunes us so we can continue to grow and be fruitful in every part of our lives. Let me ask you this question, how many of you guys wanna be more fruitful in 2023? If you wanna be more fruitful, please, then accept the invitation that God has invited us into of going under construction as we finish this year. Accept the invitation of being pruned because the truth is, even though you may not fully understand this promise and principle of pruning, can I still remind you that pruning is not punishment. Pruning is not punishment, but pastor, it hurts. Sometimes God uses pain to get us to our purpose. Sometimes God does things in our lives that we don't understand because he is that much smarter than we are. One person knew that, hallelujah. He uses things Just like pruning, even though it doesn't always make sense to us, he uses things like pruning to prepare us for the greater and the more that he has for our lives. So church, I need you to continue to receive this because I will tell you something. We might be in a season of pruning right now. This is not the last one. This is not the last time God wants to prune you. And if you think it is, you're going to stay right here when God called you to come up here. And so we have to recognize pruning is not punishment. Somebody say pruning is not punishment. God doesn't prune you to punish you. He prunes you to prepare you for what's coming he prunes you to prepare you for what's coming so can i just speak it over your life today there is more for you in jesus there is more for you to accomplish in the world for the kingdom there is greater to be revealed in you and through you there's more god has assigned to your life to anoint you to do in this next season but in order to step into that you've got to say yes to going under construction if you believe that somebody say amen we have to say yes to going under construction. So I want you to see something, church. Pruning is a blessing. You are blessed that God would put you under construction and do things for you that you could not do for yourself. And we have said this, and this is so critical. You, if you will understand now, when God says I wanna take you under construction, if you'll understand now that God wants to prune you, you will stop thinking you're under attack when you're simply under construction. You'll stop thinking you're under attack when you're simply under construction. And so this morning, I want us to finish what we've been looking at over the last couple weeks and I want us to look at these last three principles that, that we find every good pruner. How many of you guys know there are people that prune in the world? They prune plants and trees. How many of you guys know I'm not a good pruner? You saw that last week. Come on now, help me out. I am not, I'm doing my best though. I'm a a better preacher and pastor than I am a pruner. Come on, I'm better at that. But we're looking at these last three principles that every good pruner knows about pruning. And we looked at the first one last week, but here are all four of them. The first one is what to prune. Last week we looked at what to prune. Today we're gonna drill down on these three. Where to prune, when to prune, and how often to prune. Where to prune, when to prune and how often to prune. And so I, I want us to go ahead and get going about this and let's talk about where God prunes us, where God prunes us. Now we have established through John 15 over the last couple of weeks, God prunes us in places that are unfruitful, that are overgrown and dead. How many of you guys know we want Jesus to cut those things off of us? How many of you guys know we don't wanna be connected to dead things? And we don't want dead things to be connected to us. We wanna be connected to life and life everlasting, who is Jesus in every part of our lives. But we see something, where does God prune? Because we don't wanna be unfruitful. Can I tell you, can I just remind you quickly, John 15, eight says that we should be very fruitful. We should bear much fruit. And so you never wanna be unfruitful in your walk with Christ. If you believe it, say amen. We wanna be fruitful. But I want to tell you the place that we see today, where does God prune? Specifically, we find that pruners that prune trees and branches or prune, prune trees and plants, they prune places of dense. Growth. Now, I don't know if there's any place of dense growth in this Charlie Brown Christmas tree that we found, but I want you to see something that God will prune in these places where the growth has happened thick and a lot in one specific area. He uh, pruners will find these places of dense growth. They'll find places where trees have become misshapen, or they have become uh, they they they're, they're they're not healthy the way they're looked, and they'll come in and they'll just prune those things, and they'll and they'll take them off to shape them. You. See, pastor you're not shaping a good, I already told you I wasn't a good pruner so stop judging me and just listen for a minute but he'll come in and he'll prune these things and he'll shape them and he'll cut them off, why? Because how many of you guys know that we should never be strong in one area and weak in all the rest? The health of a tree isn't based on this one patch of awesome growth and then everything else just is dead and dry. And a pruner will find these places of dense growth, these places of where all this growth is in this one spot in order for it, because here's the thing, a good pruner knows that a tree should be healthy everywhere, not just in a couple places. A good pruner knows that, that we wanna be healthy. The tree wants to be healthy in all those places. I need you to see this spiritually, church, because as a disciple of Jesus, you should be growing in maturity everywhere, not just in one place. You should be growing in maturity everywhere, not just in one place. And can I tell you, if we're honest, sometimes we settle for growth in one area where we should be and could be growing in multiple areas in our walk with Jesus. We'll settle and say, well, Lord, isn't that enough that I'm growing here and I completely get to ignore those places over there? That's not what God has called us to go. God has called us to be mature in every part of our walk with him. If you believe that, some might say amen. That we want to be, listen, we, we have this movement that we started the second half of this year all through, even through this month, called Greater Than 20. Where we said we wanted to be committed to not being the statistic, but being the standard. If you want to be the standard bearer image of Christ and the earth, that means that you're committed to saying, I don't want to be fruitful in one area. I want to be fruitful in every area God will let me be fruitful in. I want to be fruitful in every area God would allow me to be. And I don't want to be the statistic. I want to be the standard. I want to be fully fully grown and developed in in every part and place of my relationship with Jesus. We have a saying around here we've talked about before. We are not either or disciples. We're both and disciples. We're both and believers. Why? Because we can't say, well, Lord, I'll give you this, but I'm not going to do this. In other words, we say, okay, Lord, I'm willing to pray and read the word. God, I'm willing to praise and worship. God, I'm willing to give of myself in every way, God, so you can be magnified and glorified through my life. Is everybody with me this morning? Let me show you what Jesus said in Matthew 23. He was actually talking to the religious folks when he said this. He said, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of justice and mercy and faith. He said, you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Jesus is looking at them and saying, listen, it's great that you tithe, but you also have to treat people right. It's great that you do this, but you should be doing this as well. We don't get to choose and say, Lord, I'll be fruitful in how I serve. But God, don't you ask me to share my faith in public. God, I'll be fruitful, God, in bringing tithe and giving offering. But, Lord, don't you ask me uh, to to treat people the way that you would treat people. God, I just want to be fruitful in this one area because it's more convenient for me. How do you guys know this is not a convenient life living in the kingdom? God is not concerned about your convenience. God desires you to walk in the calling that he has in every part of your life. And so we have to see this church, that we have to be both and. We want to be the standard and not the statistic. Listen, it's great that you love your family, but do you love people that you don't even know their name yet? It's wonderful that you serve the church, but when's the last time you shared your faith with somebody about Jesus? It's wonderful that, 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 you, that you learn how to do certain things. But listen, church, we have to be intentional to committed to growing in every part of our relationship with Jesus. We have to be committed to saying, Lord, I don't want to be really strong here and then be lacking down here. Because can I tell you something? If you want to live your life just like Jesus, you are committed to growing in every part of your walk with him. If you're going to live just like Jesus, you are committed to living your life, growing in every part of your relationship with him. How many of you guys know that Jesus wasn't underdeveloped anywhere? And the same spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So if he wasn't underdeveloped, why are we okay being underdeveloped? Why are we okay with not growing in places? Well, pastor, it's easier for me to do it here. Guess what? Life in the kingdom's not about what's easy, it's about what's right. It's about what's right. Come on, somebody say amen if you're with me this morning. I need you to catch this as we finish this year. I don't want you to start 2023 still saying, Lord, I'll do one thing well, but don't ask me to do one thing. But you should say, Lord, wherever I'm wherever I'm overgrown or undergrown, Lord, prune me and shape me and allow me to look like you and reflect you. God, whatever needs to be cut off, Lord, cut it off so I can be full of life and be fruitful in every part part of my relationship with you. And so we have to see, that's what God is desiring for us to be mature. Can I remind you that believers should be growing in maturity in Jesus, that we should not settle for growth in some areas, but we should be committed to growth in every area that God says grow in. How I many of you guys remember, we did a whole series called Develop for Destiny just a few months ago. And we we looked at this scripture. I want to read it to you today just to remind you. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. The apostle Peter he said this. He said, in view of all this, he said, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your supplement. What does supplement mean? It means to add to. He said, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. I need you to see what he's saying. He says, while you operate in one, you should be adding another. While you're learning how to do one, you should be adding another in your walk with Jesus, why? We should keep growing, not just in one place or two places, even in this tree, everything looks a little bit better up here than it does down here, why? We should not just be focused on one place, we should say, Lord, while we're adding moral excellence, Lord, may we add patient endurance. God, while we're adding patient endurance, may we add love for all people. God, as we're learning how to do this, God, may we add this, why? Because God is desiring us to go and grow further than we've ever been in him. And I don't know about you, I don't wanna finish 2023 the way I started 2022. I wanna grow. Somebody say, I wanna grow. You don't grow accidentally. You stay connected to the vine who is Jesus. And you say, Lord, help me in every place, God, to be fruitful and look like you so we want to keep growing in every part of our lives until we look like Jesus but let me grow further this is important let me go further about some places of dense growth just for a minute I don't know if you know this about plants but sometimes there are places and plants and trees of this growth where the exterior grows really thick and big and it's and it's and and but directly underneath where it's grown thick and big the interior on the inside it has become dry and it starts to die do you know do you want to know why because when, 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 a, when a plant or a tree gets so overgrown in one area, all of a sudden light cannot get to the inside where it needs the light. All of a sudden moisture only stays on the outside and it doesn't get to the inside of the plant or the tree where it needs to get. And so this area that's so overgrown and large, all of a sudden what looks good on the outside is actually unhealthy on the inside. Can I tell you something, church? It is wonderful that you can play the part on the outside, but God doesn't care about the outside because he starts on the inside. And it's wonderful that you can show up in certain places and, and you, can, you can say all the Christianese and you can smile big and give big and worship big. But the truth is when God looks at you, he's not looking on the outside to say, look how lush and wonderful the outside is. He goes directly to the source and says, but how's the inside doing? Did I just knock that tree over? I think I did. Okay, we're, we're hanging on, it's going down. Back up, where's my construction crew? I grabbed it, thank you, Caleb. Give it up for my construction crew, yes, sir. To be fair, I just remembered I was given instructions not to touch it, and there I (laughs) went. Listen, it doesn't matter how productive your hands are if your heart is poisoned. First Samuel 16, seven, listen. God said, the, the Lord said, he doesn't see things the way we do. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So what does that mean, thank you, sir. What does that mean? That means God loves all of your passion, but he wants to make sure there's purity on the inside that goes along with that passion. God loves all the things that you're, that you're, that you're passionate about. Church, listen, your charisma is awesome, but your character is more important The outside is wonderful. All of those things are great, but the inside matters. Listen, your behavior matters, but your beliefs are the things that shape your behavior. And so we have to recognize and see God desires to do an inside out work on us and we should prioritize what he prioritizes. so if all we ever focus on is the outside but the inside is dead and dried out and it's lacking we need to go back and say Lord prune us where there's all this outside stuff that's really not fruitful but it just looks good and take us to a place where we're growing from the inside out where we We're truly in love with your heart. We're not just seeking what's in your hand. God, we're committed to you first and everything else will follow. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6.33. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and then everything else will be added unto you that we could get to a place in our own lives and say, Lord, all these places where people see our gifts and people see our talent and they see all these things, Lord, I'm okay with you pruning those things down, God, because more than anything, God, I'm not trying to please people, I'm trying to please you. God, I'm trying to be in love with you first. I'm trying to walk with you closely first before I ever focus on those things. If you believe that, somebody say amen. Lord, may you prune the places inside of us that we may be more fruitful in Jesus' name. But here's what's interesting, church. Just like pruners will prune areas of dense growth, can I tell you, the pruners will also prune specific places where growth and fruit is about to appear. Just like a pruner will prune a place of dense growth, a pruner also will notice the places where growth and fruit are coming. It's about to bud, it's about to happen. Can I tell you why, church? Good pruners can see the exact places of what is coming. How many of you guys know God's just not a good pruner? He's a master pruner. And there are things in your life that God sees right now that you don't see yet. And he says, I need to prune those things in preparation for what I want to do in this next year. I need to prune those things for what's coming in this next season for you. And all of a sudden we find out that God is perfect in his timing in every part of our lives. But I wanna go further. Can I tell you that when God sees those places, uh, when a pruner sees a plant, they will see the bud or the branch and they will get to that place and very lovingly and tenderly, they will prune that one spot at the exact right place. So when the time comes for it to be free, It can be fruitful and healthy. Can I tell you, when God prunes what is coming in your life, God, with love and tenderness and precision, comes into your life and he just prunes you at that exact right place so you can be fruitful in the next season. Why would God do that? Because God loves you. See, this whole thing, I need you to understand something. God does not prune you for fun. God prunes you because he cares more about your fruitfulness than you do, because he loves you. And part of my assignment today was for you to understand something about God. God never sends a proxy to prune you. He does it himself. And do you wanna know why he does it himself? because he's your father and you're his child and he sees every place of potential he sees every gift who put him there he did and can i can i just lovingly show you today something that's so special about recognizing the areas where god prunes us can i can i tell you and I, and i want to tell you something i did last week in passion i was talking about places where god prunes us and dude i was passionately just clipping and going after him, and the Lord reminded me this week that God's never careless with how he prunes us. God's careful in how he prunes us, and I want to tell you something, because some of you are not saying yes to pruning because you're not sure what it's going to look like or what it's going to feel like or what's on on the other side. Let me remind you of something about when God prunes us when he sees places that need to be pruned, listen, he does not accidentally just stay far away from you and just clip, he gets right where you are and he puts you in his hand and he lovingly just cuts. When he prunes you, he gets really close to you and because he loves you and because he's not just a gardener, he's also a father, he'll lovingly take those places. He's not trying to cause pain. He's preparing you for what's next. And I want you to hear me today because the truth is there are so many people that say, God, I want you to use me. If you want God to use you, you've got to be willing to let God prune you. Some of you are saying, God, I'm waiting on what's next. He's saying, I'm waiting on you to give me permission to prune you. Because here's the thing about God, As it pertains to pruning, can I just tell you that proximity matters? Proximity matters. That's why Jesus said, remain in me and I'll remain in you. Because God doesn't wanna prune you from far away because God's a precision pruner. God wants to get right where you are and he wants to lovingly find those places that need to be pruned and he wants to cut. And can I just tell you today in love, God never cuts from you, God cuts for you. Because you can't do this as well as he can. Come on somebody, these things really don't belong in your hands, do they? They belong in his. And you've got to trust him in those areas where he prunes you. Some of you guys know, well, well, Pastor, the Bible says that God has plans for me. Yes, Jeremiah 29, 11 says God knows the plans that he has for you. But sometimes those plans are pruning. Sometimes the things he has for you is he's pruning you for what's to come. I'm gonna go a step further. Did you know sometimes when you say, God, I'm ready to be promoted, I'm ready, God, for you to promote me here and promote me there, sometimes the promotion is pruning. Sometimes the very thing that God says, you're not ready for that yet, but you're ready for this. Can I give a personal story just for a minute? You might as well say yes, I'm here now. A personal story of walking through this. Six years ago, my wife and I came to this church. Six years ago, moved up here on my 30th birthday. Ate my birthday dinner at Waffle House, it was the best. We were on staff at a church, of a little over a thousand people. We did not ask for this, people called us and said, hey, we feel like you guys are supposed to come. We're like, we're glad you think that, but we need to ask the Lord. And so we felt like the Lord said, yes, I sent you, you're supposed to go. Can I tell you, we thought we were being promoted. We're like, okay, we're going from, from being on staff to, to leading a body, to, to, leading, to, to leading a church. And we arrived and all these things were wonderful, but what followed next is something I was not ready for. And you know what happened? I got pruned a lot. Our church got pruned a lot. Some of you have been with me this whole ride, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We said goodbye to a lot of people in a short amount of time. We said goodbye to leaders and elders and staff members. And here's the thing, nothing was wrong. Nobody was being punished, but we were all being pruned. And I wanna tell you right now, if you wanna talk about an unbelievably hard season, Because I don't know of this, it's a lot easier to get pruned in private than it is in public. Because the truth was, there were a lot of people that were looking at me and saying, hey, all these people leaving, what are you doing? Maybe you're not called and qualified. Maybe you're not the person that's supposed to be here. And I'm like, all I'm doing is preaching the gospel and loving people. What, What more am I supposed to do? And some, pe- some people didn't understand it. Some people said, hey, watch out, that church will be closed in six months. That's what they said. That's what they said, dude, you don't know what you're doing. Like, you're, you're too young, you need to get away from here. You're not, you're not qualified. How many of you guys know God is the one who determines qualifications? But what I didn't understand was the promise and the principle of pruning. And so I will tell you something. For months, I thought I was being punished. For months, all I felt was pain. In all sincerity, all I did was cry through the week and preach on Sundays. Because I didn't have any answers, man. Because everybody I thought was gonna stay, they left. And everybody, and everybody that I thought was gonna be around, they were like, hey, hey, hey! don't hang out with that guy, like he's he's, he's poison, <laughs> like watch out for that guy. Everything he touches dies, be careful. But in reality, all that was happening, church, was that God was pruning me and he was pruning this house. He saw the areas that had been fruitful and he began to clip them so they could become more fruitful. I didn't understand it at the time and I didn't get it, but I can look back now six years later and say, Lord, thank you for every time I didn't see what you were doing, but God, you didn't prune me out of punishment. God, you didn't prune this church, God, out of spite. God, all you did was prune to prepare us for what was coming. You were shaping us and molding us to be everything you designed us to be. And so can I tell you, right now, I'm not necessarily excited for those seasons, but I wouldn't trade them because they made us who we are today and they've positioned us for the greater and the more that God has for our lives. If you believe that, somebody give the Lord praise in this house. None of it was easy, but I wouldn't trade it. None of it was fun, but I wouldn't trade it because that's when I learned how faithful God was. Some of you don't know how faithful he is, and you keep trying to walk away from pruning, but God says, listen, I love you. I'm not gonna prune you to hurt you, I'm pruning you to help you. All these places in your life that are underdeveloped, I'm not just gonna come in like a chainsaw and go after it, I'm gonna lovingly take them and I'm going to prune you because I'm preparing you for greater. Listen, all of you, whether you're you're 20, whether you're 70, God is not done with you. He has greater for you. But when he says go under construction, don't fight him, but trust him and say, God, I believe that you've got me in the palm of your hands. We've gotta say yes to pruning. Somebody say yes to pruning. Come on, yes to pruning. Yes to pruning. I wanna close with this this morning because I want us to see this as we understand that God has more for us. Because some of us now say, okay, pastor, I get that where God wants to prune and and why he does those things, but but now the question is, well, well, how often do I have to be pruned? When do I have to be pruned? Listen, church, the, the, the simple answer is this, as much as God sees fit, as much as God sees fit, you need to be pruned. And I will tell you something, Do you want to know one of the results of being productive? It's being pruned. One of the results of being productive in the kingdom? Why? The Bible says he will will take and prune what's been fruitful so it can become more fruitful. But listen to me. There are times and seasons. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And God knows exactly when you need to be pruned. You know where we get in trouble? When we say, well, Lord, I don't want to be pruned right now. I don't think I need to be pruned right now. There's a good chance when you tell the Lord you don't need to be pruned that you actually need to be pruned the most. Why? Because He's not punishing you. He's preparing you. He's shaping you and preparing you for what's next. So listen, church, God is a master pruner and he always knows exactly when you're supposed to be pruned. He knows exactly when you're supposed to go under construction. Some of you have been in transition just this year and you didn't understand it. God was working on your behalf. Some of you have said goodbye to relationships this year. I didn't understand that when God knew what you didn't know. Some of you have seen things happen and you're still wondering what the outcome is gonna be. Listen, if you're trusting God with the details, God's already worked it out and now he's come back to walk it with you to see how good he's already been in your life. God knows when you need to be pruned. God also knows how often you need to be pruned. Now here's something some of you don't know. Did you know that you can over prune? That tree's not gonna make it if you're wondering, by the way. It was over pruned about five minutes ago. <laughs> but a good pruner knows that if you prune too, too much, it causes permanent damage. It, because you can cut away things that that plant or that tree needs to actually survive and thrive. I need to tell you something today God never damages you, God will never prune you so much that you're permanently damaged. You know what God does when he's pruning you? He's developing he's not damaging. But pastor, he's cutting away things that were there. He's literally taking shears. And even though he might be doing it lovingly, pastor, he is cutting things away that were connected to me. He's cutting things away that were there and now they're not there. But what you have to see is that he is the master pruner and he is not damaging you. He is developing you for the greater that is still to come. in, through your life and so you have to sometimes in those moments make the hardest decision of your life that you're just gonna trust the Lord that you're gonna trust the Lord how many of you guys know sometimes it's not easy to trust can I get away? am I the only one okay I'm the only one that's fine sometimes it's not easy to trust but listen to me you can always trust the Lord because he always does what's right. He always does what's best. I don't always trust our county when we go under construction. (laughs) I'm not so sure they're making things better, (laughs) but I can always trust God when he says go under construction. I can always trust when God prunes because he does not prune on accident. He's intentional. He does not take us under construction for fun he does it because he's preparing us for what he has for us in this next season of our lives so our one response is god we say yes to pruning god we say yes to everything god to when to where to how often because there's greater that he wants to do in you and through you I believe he's calling us right now during this Christmas season. Next week, we'll have a great Christmas message, I promise. But today, he's still looking for a response to say, I'm willing to be pruned, God. I trust you with every part of my life because you're preparing me for what's next that you have for me. If you believe that, send my say amen. Come on, stand to your feet all over the room.